Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. By request, we are here today to put the she in shenanigans. Oh, I think it's that requested. was our first one. It's requested think- <laughs> all the time. I mean, we kind of are. I get it. Constant request. Um, I was actually emailed a request and tweeted a request and Instagram messaged a request to use shenanigans this week. So here, so I did. So you're welcome, everybody. Here we go. And um, I mean, the more I think about it, the more it's like, if the last time we really used it was our like first episode, it's probably been enough time. It counts. <laughs> that we could. We can we use could it, again. it again. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that weren't here. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even remember. Did we start that? Our very Mm. first? Was that an idea we had like before we ever started the podcast? Because some of the ideas we had. Yeah. Well, that's like as the as the show kind of. That's a really that's a really good question. Somebody tell us. Somebody tell us. An email I get a lot too. I think I had three people tell me this week. I just started listening to you in the last six months. So I'm playing catch up. So we still have the people who find us and are like, oh, I have 200 plus episodes to <laughs> and they go on a journey. So that's still very much happening. So hopefully one of those people can let us know. Also, I know I said this years ago, but what I'm learning is you have to say things more than once. But like, mm-hmm. I am so bad. <laughs> Instagram has messages. And if you are sending me messages on Instagram, I hope you're ready to wait seven to three business years because I don't understand. This is I'm this is this is really an old lady thing. Um, I don't understand Instagram messages. Like there's different boxes. I know how I sound. I know how I sound right now. I'm saying it fully aware of how it sounds, but like there's different boxes and uh, I'm sorry. I'm just to everybody that's messaged on Instagram. And I got back to you two years later. I just want you to know that was the first time I I responded to you when I saw the message is what I want you to know. Like, I didn't wait two years. (laughs) I responded when I saw it. So really bad. Um, It's really bad. Not the best place. Not the best place to reach out to us. (laughs) No. Um, Another person requested that we turn off our phones because... It's not our phones that are the problem. It's that I'm recording this on my laptop, which gets all of my text messages. And if I mute, then you can't hear me. So I'm sorry. I also, this is an old lady thing that I don't actually know how to turn that off. So, yeah, I did discover that on my iPad, I can do like a, it's like a silent mode. So it won't. Oh. 
it mutes all notifications and stuff, but it won't mute. Listen, if a Snodgrass out Zoom. there wants to tell me how to do this, then okay, that sounds great. But oh, yeah, yeah, it's just I, one of those, I, one of those things. Sorry, you're probably gonna hear. Uh, especially, when, I don't know. I feel like we've had. There's one thread recently that's been kind of popping off. Yeah, it's quite a bit for good reason. So yes. if you hear. The notification, especially I'm, I'm just sorry. in this episode I'm sorry. or the ones around you, it's like you're a part of something yeah. exciting. You guys <laughs> like that this is how I am. So many things would be different if this was not how I was. So sorry. But, uh, oh, I didn't do it. I'm Summer. Oh, yeah. Um, you are. Joy. And um, I'm going to a play tonight. Uh, where? Yeah, Hale. Okay, I figured, I thought maybe that would be the first. What are you seeing? Yeah, Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, okay. It's my first All time. All right, cool. Never seen the play, never seen the movie. Okay. Um, Of course, I know if I were a rich man, but just the right. part where he says, if I were a rich man, na 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 <laughs> Like, that's the most that I know Um, of the whole play. That's all I know about Fiddler on the Roof. Um, so I'm very uncultured and uh, tonight I will go get cultured, but I'm so nervous because the play starts at seven 30 and it's, okay. and it's three hours mm-hmm. and, um, at 10 30 at night, I'm not awake. Like <laughs> I am not, I'm not awake. Um, like literally I'm asleep because <laughs> Ransom's up at 5.30 in the morning. I haven't slept since yeah. 2021. So, like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, and I yeah. I also know that if I drink caffeine before I go, then I will just be up all night. Yeah. So. Not, not a good option. I suppose your ultimate review of Fiddler on the Roof will be if you're sleeping in the audience. <laughs> yep. There's my phone. Or yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, That's exciting. yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't done anything like this in a while. Like, well, and that's a great theater. I've never, I've never actually been able to see a play there. We were all going to go see a play, but they don't, nobody under five can see a play there. Yes, I know. So Georgia can't come. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've heard. Well, I knew someone that did some plays there, and then I just heard, like, fantastic things about Hale Theater. Yeah, well, this same friend took me to see an Agatha Christie play last year. I was super pregnant with Ransom. So this is my second time going there, first time seeing Fiddler on the Roof. And, um, yeah, so just, you know, it's it's so funny that I know I'm not going to be able to hang. Like, I already know. I already know uh, when 830 rolls around, I clock out of life. Like, it's so bad. Well, at least you know that you'll be able to sing along. Yeah. If I were a rich man. Yeah, perfect. You got it. I already know the whole play. All three hours of it has been done for me. Yeah. So that's what I'm up to. And um we are still getting feedback about the lights. Um, 
Oh, mm-hmm. just ton, tons of it. Uh, we actually just got an email today from a listener who like she and her husband just like built a house and he's an electrician. And so she's living in an actual nightmare because every room is the brightest ever. Like she was like, I can't even see the moon and the stars. Like that's how bright my house is, is like. We moved out to the country because I wanted to see the moon and the stars and the way he has lit up the house at night means like, no, that's not happening. It's like they're putting on a, a stage production of a play every yes. night, which is like, just their life. Yeah. <laughs> yep. A very, very Truman show ask. Yeah. It makes me think of the, um, do you remember you played for me that song every light in the house is on <laughs> that one episode. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is if you asked me when that happened i'd be like two years ago <laughs> but it was probably like five Which I mean, bravo, because I'm still thinking about that song. (laughs) Like, at least probably once a month, I'm thinking about that song for five years. So Eric will like randomly play that music video because it's so bad. The music video is so bad. And just what's his name? It's not Alan Jackson. Trace Adkins. It's Trace Adkins. Trace Adkins dancing in the hallway of this house (laughs) but like he has done what our poor listener's husband has done to their house in the country where it's just like a like you could land a plane in the field next to it yeah at night it's a beacon and he's just like dancing with his mullet and his mustache and so white everything about it is so white It's so great. Yeah, no, it's um I'm glad that you're still thinking about that. I had someone made a gif out of it and would just like randomly comment it sometimes. A gif of Trace Trace Adkins dancing in that house that now our poor Snodgrass is living in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you guys haven't watched that music video, I mean I just couldn't recommend it more if you just Which means really it means we've been talking about lights in some way shape or form because then we talked about your neighbor's lights we talk about lights a little bit on this anyway this is our light segment that we periodically do our weekly light (laughs) segment um my husband and i have fully adjusted to being night sleep mask wearers Mm -hmm. um and it's because and it's right on time because what has actually happened with the light in our backyard now is it doesn't stay on continuously it blinks like a strobe light i see that's worse every time you think it can't get worse it actually gets like exponentially worse is this like a halloween thing like instead of decorating their house they just like slightly unscrew the light so it just creepily blinks blinks i wish i wish it had a purpose um i just don't they just don't know they just don't know is the only explanation as to why it's happening it's Hmm. so bad it's so bad um okay let's see you sent me the picture of your neighbor's house wait no was that on the show or was that in book club that we went over that well i think it was here 
Was I'm it here? Sure, it was here. Okay. Yeah. This is oh, why yes, you guys. Here. This is why you guys need to join book club. We also mm-hmm. have fun conversations in book club. That's happening at Patreon.com/slash/theologians. Um, we're we're reading Paralandra, which Joy will have to say something about. <laughs> it's um, Paralandra is uh. We're selling it so hard right now. <laughs> um, I so appreciate just the story That's the in word. general. Yeah. Um, but just so where we're at in Paralandra, Ransom is pretty much physically he's like, um, like his muscles are uncomfortable, and then just kind of like his. The, sort of like the undercurrent of his being is uncomfortable. And let's mm-hmm. just say that C.S. Lewis did a very good job conveying that to the point where you also feel the general discomfort that Ransom is feeling. Yes. Which, which, so it sounds like we're not selling the story and it sounds like we're not selling book club, but what we're saying is that um, in terms of literature, the book club is really doing its job. We're yes. really experiencing. Yes. It's leaping off the page. Yes. And who wouldn't want to be a part of that? I I do <laughs> want to be a part of I'm it. I am a part of it. I am a part of it. <laughs> we are all a part of it. No, it's so, helpful. it's so helpful <laughs> reading it in book club because I do want to be, because everyone in book club is fun. That's why yes. I can do this. <laughs> I'm really enjoying I'm really enjoying uh the ransom trilogy. It but we're just we're just in a you know, we're it's in a, tough a spot. spot. It's a tough spot. Mm-hmm. I will say that so many people, whenever I get online, and it just must be the circles I'm in, but whenever I'm online, somebody is saying Oh, the space trilogy, you have to read the space trilogy. So I'm so glad <laughs> that I will be able to say. I have read the space trilogy and then I can move on from there. Um, mm-hmm. I will also say really briefly, because I also got a lot of feedback on this. Um, we, if you're listening to the podcast and you're not following us on social media, you should, because I get a lot of people who are like, Hey, can you share this? recipe that you talked about and I did it was on social media I did share it I did post it um so we're I'm so bad we're so bad at advertising I think part of having a podcast is you're supposed to be like follow us here and never literally never but I'm trying to be better about it because I actually got some people who were like hey thanks for saying that I didn't think about it or like I didn't know so I'm just gonna say for those of you who are like, hey, I, when you guys talk about stuff in the podcast, you know, like where can I find it? You, I, I post stuff. I'm, I'm online. I'm obnoxiously posting things. So, um, book club info is there. Um, on Instagram usually is where I like post the recipes we've talked about. So, uh, just look for Have you had your soup today? That's our Instagram handle. We're on. We're online. Being annoying. Yeah. So well, we will I'm let online you know. Being annoying. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know it's there what's happening it's there and then and then don't email me and ask have you talked about this thing before you search for it on our website because 
I, since 2018, have been carefully tagging every episode. So if you're curious, if we've talked about a topic, go to sheilogens.com, put it in there. And then if you don't find it, you can, I mean, obviously feel free to email me, whatever. Okay. That's yeah, it. That's and if housekeeping. You're not, if you're not looking, if you're just curious, if you're not looking for a topic, but if you're just curious, if we have ever talked about it, I guarantee you it's yes. Yes. <laughs> I was like, we have covered it. We've covered everything. What else is there? To talk? What do you guys I'm want? I'm so sorry. Some of it may have not been in front of a microphone, but we have covered it. <laughs> we have it. talked about everything. So, I don't know. Like, if we're going to live forever, then that just can't be true. I know. We're going to find stuff and be like, wait a minute. This is never new. thought about this. Huh. Um, okay. 470-465-0475. That's our voicemail. I had someone email or no, I had someone leave a voicemail and say that they like woke up out of anesthesia and they like couldn't remember anything about our voicemail number for a little bit. <laughs> she like had some surgery or something and then she, she woke up and was just like asking herself questions and she was like, well, I do know a phone number. It's 470-465-0475. <laughs> So um, I wish she'd called it right at that moment because that would have been like a really great. Yeah, I wonder if we'll ever get like an emergency call that's like, hey, I'm lost and my phone's (laughs) about to die and you're the only phone number I can remember. The only number I remember. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, what a terrible day for that person. But anyway, speaking of topics that we've talked about before, um. We get an email all the time or a message or a comment about a topic we have talked about before, but we thought maybe, you know, time to go over it again. But Mm -hmm. a question that we get all the time, and this is taking very specific questions and then making it super general, is how do I handle my friend? (laughs) Which my friend is being a big big person you know having people problems mm-hmm. my friends being a big old sinner <laughs> sinful sinner mm-hmm. um what do i do and some of these questions like i said people will give the specifics or the generals and i'm making this an even more broader question but um i even had a child ask me yesterday my friends being a big old person with people problems you know what do i do And um, I don't know if it's the very certainness of how I see the world, which is just so black and white, Mm -hmm. but um, I I have, I have very like, I feel like my, my decision-making, you remember that game Plinko on uh, the price is right. Oh, mm -hmm. Where it's like you drop the little thing and it starts going through different shoots like yeah that is that is my brain process it's like okay well is this happening okay because then we're going to go down into this shoot and then where you land is going to depend on all the little crevices like above you you know um and so I just so rarely feel like I don't know what to do with my friend um and so I was thinking about like well why is that like why do I why do I rarely feel that um and but there is a sticky point i think that all women have which is that we really do tend to assume a lot 
um, who among us has not spent time going, well, they're probably thinking this and they're probably thinking that and they're probably thinking this. And I really do think that is the number one reason why women have interpersonal problems is because we assume so much. We just yeah. make assumptions. We think we know what everyone's thinking. Um, and sometimes we, the, the thing is, is sometimes we do. Like sometimes we do. We sometimes you've been around someone for so long that you're just like, well, this is how this is going to yeah. go. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But anyway, that's kind of uh, that's my brief introduction to why we're talking about how to friend again. Um, just because it's a question that comes up a lot. And I think actually one of the most helpful things to do when you're not sure how to deal with a friend is to ask yourself what a friend is. Like, because if you're, if you're trying to confront a problem, you have to know what the problem is, but what is a friend? And um, Mm -hmm. I think having a working definition of what a friend is, is going to be really helpful. And of course, there's so many proverbs that discuss how to be a friend. A friend is someone who does X, right? And so I was looking at those and all of them, I think if we were going to have like a working definition of what a friend is, if you look at all the proverbs that are like, a friend does this, a friend does this, there's a friend that does this. It's all someone who is essentially walking alongside you towards heaven as the ultimate goal. So it is some it, a friend by definition, if you're a Christian, is somebody who is headed the same direction as you and has the same loves as you ultimately. And so anyway, that's my working definition. I don't know... <laughs> I don't know what what would have come to your mind. And that's not like a, a sentence I've quite finished. But ultimately, it's somebody who's walking alongside you to heaven. Yeah. No, I think that that I wasn't even anticipating that we would go there. But that's a great. That's a this a great part of this conversation is um, I think sometimes we label people friend that aren't friend. Not to say that you can't have any sort of acquaintance with people who aren't walking the same direction as you, but it's important to, I mean, it's important to know that all your real friends are Christians. (laughs) I mean, that's just how, that's just, uh, that's just a part of it. You will not, you're not going to, even if you want to look at it as like a, an emotional interpersonal thing which it's not just exclusively that like you really uh you will experience quick and deep limitations (laughs) to trying to be uh friends with people that are not heading the same direction as you again i'm not saying like obviously some of us have close family that are not believers i'm not saying like you can't love uh but i think that that's i mean and maybe that's a part of it because a lot of people would say like, what's my working definition of a friend, someone who's loving, someone who's honest, someone who, you know, um, well, you could probably go to many different scriptures. You know, there's lots of scriptures that are like lists of things. 
so like, what is love? Like we, you know, um, but uh, I think you can love someone and not be their friend. But I do think a friend is someone, it's like your cohort, like a, it's the person you're with that you're doing something with and heading yeah. a direction with. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't even, I hadn't, that's not like what my brain did with this prompt. Yeah. At all. Well, and but ultimately that's too, you know, when Jesus says like, he, if you're not with me, you're against me. Like, if you mm-hmm. don't love me, you hate me. And yeah. so when I look at the world, I really do only see two kinds of people. And mm-hmm. those are Christ people and not Christ people. And yeah. uh, you're going to have, like you said, you're going to have a lot of problems having real, true, deep, meaningful friendship with somebody who ultimately hates what you love the most. Like that is going right. to, and that should create a rift. It would be, mm-hmm. it would be weird if it didn't create a rift. Mm-hmm. It would tell me that your priorities might be a little off, <laughs> um, yeah. that your loves are off. And um, so, yeah, I just, I, of course, when somebody's having friend problems, I just, I want to drill down to like, okay, well, is this person really your friend or are you being a friend? Like, are you, are you meeting the definition of a friend? Because a lot of times people want to put it on the other person. Well, they're Mm -hmm. not being a good friend or they're being difficult. And it's like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much easier to look at the other person, but in terms of actually solving the problem, you are a much easier uh, recipient of making changes because you can actually make changes in yourself. Um, Right. You can actually repent for your sin as opposed to repenting for the perceived sin or maybe real sin of others. Um, Yeah. The way that I interpreted um, this, the topic of this episode is that I think um, sometimes the ultimate question is coming down to like, when can I talk to my friend? Like, when am I justified in talking to my friend? And I think the real question is like, when can I talk to my friend and I'm being a friend? Like, when am I being a friend to talk to my friend? When am I, when is it good and loving for me to talk to my friend? And now, if your friend is being um, sinful, is that kind of the assumption? Right. Yeah. And so it's like, you may be wondering, when can I talk to my friend? Because every little thing that your friend is doing is bothering you, or maybe they have one really glaring thing that is bothering you. Um, and so you're looking to justify bringing up their sin. Or it's like, you're wondering, because you think you might have to have a difficult sort of awkward conversation um, that maybe you've even tried to have already and they kind of didn't know or pretended to not know what you're talking about. So I think that there's two things that can be happening and there may be some other variations, but it's like, mm-hmm. you're either wondering like, well, when can I bring it up? And it's like, how do I bring this up mm-hmm. versus how do I bring this up? And so I think, Ultimately, the first reason, if it's the first reason, if that's why you're asking, when can I talk to my friend? It's like, when can I show her 
how much she sucks. <laughs> if that's the reason you're wondering that, you're not being a friend. <laughs> so the best way to be a friend, in my experience, is to actually be one. <laughs> and yeah. if the only reason you're asking, when can I talk to my friend, is that like you just need them to know that you're bothered by them or you need to explain the dissertation you have written in your head as to why they're doing this and what they're doing here and why and you know um <laughs> and then of course if it's the second reason then you're just dealing with the potential unknown complications of confronting pride or maybe a misunderstanding or maybe like a really deep-seated sin that what did we there was a in our um oh man I'm, why am i forgetting the word oh like our self-deception we did an, some episodes on self-deception and we compared those sins to like lions that were pretending are not there so like i even imagine when i use that lion like as the image mm -hmm. of self-deception i imagine like throwing like a tablecloth over the lion and then like sitting and having your coffee at the lion table. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, Seriously. nothing here to see. And that's, that's, that's complicated. And I understand why a real friend yeah. would want to say, when can I bring this up? How do I bring this up? Do, mm -hmm. is this something that I need to just let go? Because the truth is, a lot of what a friend does is let it go. Hmm. Um, and, and she, I think you could, you could easily say that talking to the person could be several steps, mm -hmm. like, of like several steps down of things you can do. Mm -hmm. If you're concerned about your friend, a mm -hmm. I mean, you can pray for your friend, you can mm -hmm. ask your friend questions, you can like spend time with your friend um, and so it's not always, it's, it's not always even about like being a good friend isn't always about just like instantly confronting everything. And so, I mean, sometimes it is, and that's, that is hard. And I think a real friend, um, a real friend asks the question, like, when can I talk to my friend is maybe someone that, you know, is experiencing a little fear of the confrontation that could um, come as a result. And it's good to meet our fear with bravery. <laughs> so, but yeah. it's just, it's hard. I, I get why it's like, I am their friend legitimately. So I want to make sure that I, yeah, th that's not misunderstood when I come to them. Mm -hmm. So fear of God, fear of man for, Oh, I mean, yes. And I mean, so some of my guiding principles with friendships is just stuff that you've already, everybody has already heard. Um, yeah. So I do think um, one of my guiding principles in all my relationships is to mind my own business. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. is it, is this my business? Do, do I yeah. need to have commentary on this? Mm -hmm. Is it going yeah. to benefit anyone if I am like, here's my commentary on this and maybe it will, maybe it won't. But my guiding principle is, is it my business? If it is great, if it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to get involved. 
Um, and if it is my business, if you're, if you know, so <laughs> an extreme example, if your friend comes to you and is like, I'm cheating on my spouse. Okay. That's your business. And you need to go ahead and yep. let them know like, Hey, you're going to go confess that to your spouse or I'm going to have to get involved. Okay. Yeah. Very cut and dry. Um, another guiding principle I have is you need to be in the word so you can give the word. So like if your friend comes to you and has this big drama and you're like, I don't even know how to give you wisdom right now. That's, that's you not doing your duty as a friend. So I think a lot of we the evangelical world has this like romanticized like, oh, I sit down with my Bible every day and have my coffee and my quiet time. And it's for me. It's my special time with Jesus. And like, OK, great. But your faith isn't just some private thing that doesn't affect the people around you. Yeah. Um, if you want to be a good friend, you have to be in the word so you can give the word. So are you capable of doing that? If you're like, I don't know what to say to my friend, is it because you're not spending any time in the word? So right. you actually have nothing to give. That's not a good place to be. Um, yeah. My other guiding principle is you're not the main character. So like, <laughs> go ahead and start thinking of yourself as a supporting character in people's lives. Like you're not the main character. And a lot of times women, especially when we hear there's drama, we want to be in the middle of that. We want to know what's going on with everybody. And that is, man, you are not going to be a good friend if everywhere you go, you have to be the main character. Um, Another, oh man, this one, especially with young girls, this is a big one. Your friends and I'm talking to you single ladies, your friends are not your like pre-spouse. I think a lot of young women, it's like they expect this like very big committal, emotional, mm. uh, constant coffee dates, constant hugs, constant gift exchanges, constant notes in a way that is it's like you're it's like it's like I am not old enough to have a boyfriend. So like you and I are just going to have this really close right. kind of ooey gooey relationship. Girls are, mm -hmm. I think, especially drawn to that because we are emotional and we do love our friends and we do. And listen, there's nothing wrong with giving your friends gifts or writing notes. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying I see that a lot in particularly young girls who maybe haven't been discipled as well. And there's and and then what you see is when we got married, our friendship changed. And it's like, well, your oh, whole yeah. life, your whole life changes when you get married. And that's okay. But if your relationship was is not able to survive your friend getting married, maybe that's because there were things that didn't need to survive. Maybe there were some things yeah. that like needed to die. Yeah. Um, because this was, this was overkill. Like this was too much. Um, I think sometimes that is like the, that's the underlying issue, especially with young women. Um, your friendship should be able to survive you each marrying your husband and it changing because 
it shouldn't have maybe you guys were too close in the first place and then my last guiding principle is like kind of what i already said which is like you need to assume the best women will get Mm -hmm. in fights with their friends before the other person has even said anything because of all the assumptions well you know i know her so she seemed this way so maybe she's thinking this and what if she's thinking this and it's like you make yourself sick just Mm -hmm. like over complicating the issue i so love i so love talking to my husband about his interactions with his friends because they are so wild to me it's so wild like the other day my husband's telling me this interaction he had with his friend and his friend said the like most wild out of pocket thing and i was like i didn't even i didn't even i was like oh what did he say when you asked him why and he goes i didn't ask him why and I was like, wait, what? Like it blew my mind. If one of my friends said this absolutely crazy thing to me, it would have, I, before they finished saying it, I would have been like, why did you do that? Like before they finished the <laughs> sentence, it would have been like, hold on, like give me a roadmap as to how you got there. And it didn't even occur to him to ask. Like this is how simple male friendships can be sometimes where it's just like, Nope, he said that and that's what he did and that was it. And I'm just like, wait, it's not, you're not bothered. You're not, you're not chasing down this trail of like, why does he feel that way? Like, that's crazy. But that is male friendships. And I actually think I don't need to try to have male, be a man in my friendships. But there's something there that I'm like, you know, that could be worth having. That could be worth like injecting a little bit more of into my interactions. Yeah. If you just take people at their word or if you are like putting your detective hat on and like trying to create a case as to why they feel this way, better to just say, well, technically the only evidence I have is that which was spoken out loud to me that which I actually know. There is no real, not that you need to be like chasing down the trail of your friends anyway, but I'm saying if you are, um, if you're going over something in your head and making a judgment about what happened in that case or whatever, then technically your evidence for evaluating an event or a person needs to be things that all really actually happened, not things that you think might be happening and And, my husband was fine with not knowing he was fine he was totally fine with not having an answer with not knowing and with just being like wow my friend's doing this crazy thing okay right that's crazy okay yeah and ultimately it's like oh well I guess I don't know you'll have to you'll get you'll become more in the practice of just saying like I was wondering why they did that but the truth is, if I actually look at the real evidence I have, I don't know why they did that. I don't know why. Um, and I don't have to know. I and don't it's have okay. to know. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's fine. And I guess this kind of leads into another thing I was thinking about is just like, um, and th- I think this is why we asked the question, like, well, when can I talk to my friend? Because um, there's there's all these examples of what a real friend is and maybe not everyone's working definition is definition is completely the same. 
And so it's one of those things. It's like, how do I know if I'm being a faithful friend? How do I know if I'm being faithful? It's like, sometimes only you will really know. I do think, I do think if you're a good friend, other people will know. Mm -hmm. Um, If no one has ever told you you're a good friend, that, ouch. (laughs) And I'm, I'm guessing that's not true, really, of anyone who's listening. But if no one's ever told you you're being a good friend, maybe that is some some piece of information. But all I'm saying is that um, sometimes it's just going to be you that knows what your real motivations and intentions are of bringing up a, something with your friend. Um, and, uh, and only, and, you know, it goes the opposite way too, which is that sometimes only you will know if you're being a bad friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is, there is a, there is an element to this, which is that like, we could list for you, um, mm-hmm. uh, we could list for you a flow chart of like, did your friend do this? Talk to her. Did your friend do this? No. Okay. Branch off over here and this and this, <laughs> and we could have the most elaborate flow chart and still the, the answer of whether or not you're a good friend is just, is with you. It's with yeah. you. And the answer really simply is you are or you aren't. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that I think we need to we need to understand our motivations, our intentions behind our actions. Mm-hmm. And that should give us plenty of time. Looking at yourself should should keep you from trying to look at what other people are doing internally. Um, because sometimes it goes the opposite way. Like sometimes you won't know if someone's being a bad friend to you. You really right. won't know, but in a way, them not them not exploding all over you and being like, "Why did you do this? Why are you doing this?" Isn't that them kind of maybe being a good friend? <laughs> like it's just one of those things. Like some of it is really internally happening, and and that's another thing that you can't you. I'm not saying you can't know anything based off of your eyeballs. I'm actually saying you can know things that you actually see and hear and, and things that are real, Um, not just your perceived um, things that you perceive meaning into. Um, But there, there is a part of it that it goes back to kind of what we were talking about in the beginning, which is just that uh, you, you're, you, you, you're going to know, you're going to need to know if you're being a good friend or not. And in order to do that, you're going to have to consider, am I being a good friend? And that means you're going to have to know what a friend is and what they do. Um, so, yeah. And then the other thing that I was thinking about is just like we're reading in the Bible reading challenge. We were in first Corinthians this last week and it kind of was making me think I'm like, I'm like, we actually have lots and lots of examples of how to talk to your friends. I mean, a lot of them are from Paul. (laughs) Many of them are not. (laughs) But like, we literally have letters to, and I'm not saying that, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, like, Paul was friends with everyone at Corinth. (laughs) I'm just saying that he approached them as a friend, which like you said, someone who loves the things you do, that's heading in the same direction as you. And Mm -hmm. obviously he was more than a friend to a lot of these people. Um, But so, uh, 
we just, we just have so many, like, if your question is really like, my friend is doing this, when do I talk to them about this? Mm-hmm. It's like, we have a bunch of letters of friends to friends in the Bible. And they like, well, we just did at church, our pastor did a message on Philemon. And it's like, that is such a, sh- it's a short one. And it, he like goes through this whole defense and, and all these things, like there is, there's so many elements to just that little short book. And it's ultimately just a letter. From, that one really is a letter from one yeah. friend to another friend. Yeah. And it's like, it, it shows exactly how he goes through it and what he appeals to and how he speaks to him and, yeah. and all these things. And so I was like, really like, um, I don't know. I just thought like, that's helpful. Yeah. We have, yeah. we do have a good reference for how to talk to our friends. Well, if the question is, how do I know when? Like, the I think the most famous passage on that is from Matthew 18. And Jesus was straight oh, yeah. up. Jesus was just like, I'll tell you guys right now when you can go to your friend. Jesus said, if your brother sins, go. If your brother sins, go. And show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. But if he doesn't listen to you, then take one or two more people. So here's an important thing. If you know about your friend's sin, you go to them first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't go everywhere else. You go to them. So if someone is telling you about someone else's sin, your first question should be, have you talked to them about this? Yeah. Because if they haven't, they've skipped step number one. Like I would Mm -hmm. say they're being disobedient. They've skipped step number one. Step number one is go to your friend in private. If you've done that and they've ignored you, then you bring someone, one or two people. And he says this is so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact might be confirmed. So this is kind of the church discipline process as well. And it finishes with something that I think is important too, that most people who are like happy to talk about the first part of this, Matthew 18, don't really make it to the last part. Um, If he refuses to listen to them. So the friend has come, didn't listen. The friend has bought, brought two or one or two more people. The sinner is still sinning. Then you take it to the church and then if he doesn't listen, even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and tax collector, which means you should not be talking to this person anymore. Not a friend. Not a friend. And, you know, I know people in this situation where it's like someone that they love who had to be church disciplined. And it's like, if someone is unrepentant in this sin and will not be held accountable, then you are to treat him as an outsider or her as an outsider, as somebody who's not even in your circle anymore. Um, So really the only litmus that Jesus gives for can I confront is if you know they're sinning. And again, so even that sometimes is like, sometimes you don't want to, sometimes it's hard. Okay. But so what? Mm -hmm. Like if you know about this sin, you need to confront it. That's why I'm saying like, sometimes it's just cut and dry. It's like, 
oh, my friend is getting drunk every single night. I should probably say something and not should probably you should say something. Mm -hmm. Um, And if they continue that it's really, you know, you're safe if you're just obeying Jesus. And there's a lot of protections just in those two verses where there's the protection of other people, there's the protection of the church. All of this is aimed at restoration of the person who's sinning. And so, um, you know, you might be thinking, well, that's a little confusing with your earlier statement of like minding your own business. And so this is what I think what I'm really pointing to when I say something like that is like, what are the spheres of sovereignty here? Um, are you overstepping your bounds? Is it a gray area where maybe it's not sin? Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where I'm saying having friends, being friends with people who are headed the same direction as you. And by that, I mean, heaven um, makes all the difference in the world Uh, because you really can't do this process with your unbelieving friend who is getting drunk every night. There's no, church to get involved there's no you know what i mean like there's there's not going to be that help that you need of other people and the church and the safety of that and that is what is going to ultimately cause the rift in the relationship um but when i think about who is your friend who are your closest friends it's going to be your husband your children your church and that's just all there is to it and yeah. that's that's a good thing. And if part of you hears that and you're like bummed, I would have to ask why. Yeah. Are you are you headed a different direction than your husband and your children and your church? Why aren't you all headed in the same direction? There seems to be more problems here if that's the case. Um but ultimately, I think when we think of uh, and you know, this I know what's going to come of this is questions about like how do I help my kid? My kid doesn't have a good time making friends. And my question would be, well, do you? Because if your kid's acting yeah. like you, do you have a good time making friends? Um, mm-hmm. I think the the one another's of the New Testament are going to be super important here. There's actually plenty in the new in the Bible in the New Testament about how to treat each other and how to behave. Yeah. And mm-hmm. ultimately, a good friend is somebody that people want to be around, even when they're difficult people. And if you're fulfilling the one another's, if you're hospitable, if you're kind, if the wounds that you cause are faithful and you can know that because they emulate Matthew 18, I I don't think you're going to have as as much problems as maybe you think you might have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. That's a depressing litmus (laughs) test. But like if you're if you are just always having problems with friends it should tell either, you something you're either 13 or yeah <laughs> there's something going on and even then i know i mean i think 13 year olds can oh, yeah. be mature in their friendships oh yeah especially they if can. they're uh discipled well they can but, but that is that is a thing and that is that is what i will encourage people to say to their girls is that if you have a daughter who is constantly having problems with other girls, she needs to be discipled. Mm-hmm. She she needs, not her friends. Right. Because they're not your responsibility. 
but she needs to be discipled into maybe some toughness, maybe some, maybe she's lacking some toughness. Maybe she's easily offended. Maybe, um, maybe she's entitled. Maybe she's unpleasant. Maybe she's bossy, but -hmm. for girls, if, if your daughter is the daughter that's always left out, I have questions for you. Not for yeah. the, not for the friend yeah. group. Truly not yeah, for the friend those group. Those need to come first. I think, well, yeah, I guess if you take away anything, it, it needs to start with you. It needs mm-hmm. to start with the person that's having, it, it just, that's how everything starts. That's what <laughs> sanctification, your sanctification doesn't happen to the people around you. And then that just makes your life better. <laughs> and yes. I, I mean, there you go. Like, is it, when do I talk to my friend? Is this for you or is it for your friend? <laughs> That's a is great this about question. you or yeah. is this about your friend? Right. And again, it's like, if it's about you, you're probably not being a good friend right now. Like, let's just scrap that word to begin with. Like, and it, it's those moments where you need to be able to, you need to be honest and say, I'm jealous. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous of my friend because of X, Y, and Z. Or um, I need to ask my daughter. My daughter has a hard time making friends and I need to ask her instead of just coddling every emotion in ourselves and being so entitled to all of the perceptions we have about others. It's like, just ask yourself the hard questions. Like, am I being a brat? Am I selfish? When people hang out with me, do we ever do anything they like to do? Or is it just what I like to do? Do we only eat what I like to eat? You know, am I allergic to everything? (laughs) Eggs, milk, butter, dairy, wheat, like, (laughs) which I'm not saying you can't have friends if you have allergies, (laughs) but I'm just saying if you're, if you're a control freak, not to say that all control freaks don't. No, just um, say it. Have, just say it. It's have okay. Egg, have just egg say allergies. It. But just say it. Because <laughs> I truly do know some very nice women with lots of allergies and it's very fine. But I don't, the thing is, is they're not struggling for friends because they're very pleasant women. And so I like that's the, it's just you need to be able to look at yourself. I do think I think that's a very the best the best way to handle interpersonal relationships is to just always go to yourself first and say, am I the problem? Okay. I'm not the problem. So that means Mm -hmm. is what next step is what they're doing actually sin. If I'm not the problem and it's not about me and it really is about them, like, is it sin? Okay. Then I should talk to them about it. Yeah. And if it's not sin, then maybe I need to just chill out. I think something too to consider that maybe not enough women need to hear is like, maybe not enough women have heard is that like, not everybody is going to be best friends with everybody. Yes. And that's okay. Like that's okay. Now I do think because my working definition of a friend is anybody who's like beside you on the way to heaven I do think that means even like somebody at church that, you know, you guys are Mm -hmm. never going to be taking road trips yeah, and hanging out at a cabin for the weekend. Okay. That's fine. They can still be your friend, but not everybody has to have the same. You're only one person. You are not capable of having meaningful, close friendships with every single woman 
in your church. You're not capable of it. You can't. Your time constraints are not going to allow that. That doesn't mean you can't be friendly with everybody. That doesn't mean you can't spend time with different people. But I do think a lot of time, well-meaning women who don't want to seem like there's cliques or something within the church erode this idea that um, there's only so many hours in the day. And it's like, there's only so many people that you can meaningfully. And like, man, I am like in the trenches. I've like got teenager down to toddler. Like my friends know if they text me, I'll get back to them within three business days. And they know Mm -hmm. it's not because I don't love them. They know like, yeah, you, you, and you need to be okay with that. And this is part of, I yeah. think, of assuming the best. Like, if I don't hear back from my friend, my assumption is they're just busy being faithful with what's in front of them yeah. today. And I'm right. not the main character. I'm not the main mm-hmm. character in my friend's life. So I don't expect main character treatment. Um, and I think a lot of women have a really hard time. They're very sensitive. They really think everybody, you know, your job, if you're a nice person, is to be best friends with everybody. And that's just not a realistic look at life or faithfulness or fulfilling the roles that have been in front of you. Like, I'm having a hard time talking to like two or three people that don't live inside this house right now. And I know that'll change. That'll change as my kids get older Yeah, and that's okay. Like that's okay. That's not a problem. Of course we should strive to be hospitable and some women are just better at that than others. Again, all of that's okay. But I think um, just be very careful that you don't inject yourself as the main character in somebody else's story or that you feel slighted because you know, you're not as close to somebody else as someone else. Like just be happy for somebody else's friendship and just let them have it. Yeah. Don't be jealous. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that that's like up there with conceited and dumb. Like if you ask someone, it's like, I never get jealous. And it's like, Oh, well then you're just calling it something else. Okay. I see. (laughs) Just calling it your feelings getting hurt by everyone. But yeah, it's just like, it goes back to that thing I was saying, like, sometimes, sometimes only, only, you know, if you're being a bad friend, but a lot of times people can tell. And if every time, like, if you're trying to make friends, so you open up your house and try to be hospitable, but you're just horrible. Every time someone comes over, or you just like, it's like, I don't (laughs) like, if everyone can tell that you're just you're upset that they're not, it's like, look, I invited you over to be my friend. Like, why are you not doing it? And it's like, well, this is a conversation that I, I have with my four-year-old, which is like, sometimes fun does not just mean doing everything you want. And sometimes when you get, when you stop and you go, but wait, wait, everyone's not doing everything I want. You're actually missing a pleasant time because you're so concerned about everyone having fun the way you want. <laughs> that you're that actually missing. Quote about mothers. <laughs> oh, like, about the. Oh, no, I'm going to mess uh, up. They, yeah. What is it? Uh, you got to look it up. You can, you can see by the looks on their faces. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes. It's said, it's said of a woman, she puts herself. Uh, she puts others before herself 
and you can tell who the others are by the haunted looks on their faces. Yes. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> yes. It is. But so... yeah, just, you know, like <sighs> sometimes you're actually missing the thing you want because you're so concerned about getting it that you're just like you're you're actually having fun and you're having all the necessary components are sitting right in your living room to have fun. But you're like so concerned that not everyone is being enough of a friend to you. They are actually missing your friends all that are sitting on your couch. <laughs> I really, this is another one. I think I confused with it. He said of all tyrannies, a, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. Mm, oh man. <laughs> Those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. <laughs> That's the person who's like, let me be your best friend. Yeah, right. Oh, I know you will love me. I just know we will have the best time together. <laughs> Why do we do oh, that? Why gosh. do we do that? Anyway, okay. We yeah. should wrap this up. That's my final thought. Be a good friend. Um, emulate how Jesus was a friend. Um, yes, you're going to need to be self-sacrificial. Yes, you're going to need to overlook things. Yes, you're going to need to mind your own business. And sometimes you're really going to have to exercise that fear of God and not man in order to be a really good friend. Um, and that's okay. And you know what? When we're all in heaven, because we're all headed the same direction, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe we'll laugh about it, you know? Just yeah, one day it. we'll all be, one day we will all be really good friends, like sinless friends i can't wait like isn't that really... gonna be wonderful and the the great news is now right now if you inventory yourself and you're like i'm not being a good friend which i'm not we're not saying that there is like a profile that there are just a bunch of people out there that are just not good friends and that's just how you are like we're all a little bit this way sometimes right and the goal would be to be less and less that way the longer we go on yes. but here's the thing if you check yourself and you're making it about you and you're not being a good friend, repent and start being a good one. Yeah. Repent and just change what you're doing. And that means every time a jealous thought comes up, you, you got to fight that. That's yep. sin. Yep. I'm not saying necessarily that being a bad friend is always sin, but a lot of times you're exposing something that you're working on in there and just repent, repent, do a different thing, do a different thing. Over and over. Uh, okay. I repent for being a bad friend. Going to be a good friend now. Um, yes. So yeah, that's well, all I have. Um, you can leave us a voicemail four seven zero four six five zero four seven five. Um, keep them coming join book club it's a really good time because of all of our friends in book club they're all very good friends they encourage me they cut me every week tell me I need to be a better reader they're faithful wounds um, you know who you are uh, that's happening at patreon.com slash theologians and um, we'll see y'all next week See ya.
Neptune is roaring and shaking his fists, swallowing islands and timbered ships. But look to the glory, it's there to be had. And take to the oars, or you'll wish that you did. Come on, boys, don't you know the dragon's out there? Dragon's out there. Come on, boys, don't be slow. Cut down the Python, go get the girls. Come on, boys, don't you know the dragon's out there? Dragon's out there. Come on, boys, don't be slow. Cut down the Python, go get the girls.